Hello and welcome to Spooky Saturday, a new segment of Tabi Tabi Podcast where I, Ethan, share spooky stories sent to us by readers of my horror page named Read If You Dare and listeners of the podcast. Just a bit of disclaimer, one story in today's episode mentions suicide, so if topics like this upsets you, it is in your best interest not to listen. But before we proceed with the stories, I just want to thank the wonderful patrons supporting the podcast. So a huge thanks to the Kalags under the Multo tier. Shout out to Stephanie E, Terence C, Alyssa, Genji, and Christina N. For the Kalags under the Tao tier, a huge thanks and shout out to Veronica R, Jordan, Lee, Star, Mona, her daughter Luna, Carl, Bunkers, Viron A, and our latest Tao patron, St. Peaches. Thank you so very much for your support and I hope you enjoy the benefits of your current year. And hey, if you dear listeners want to become a Multo or Tao patron to support the podcast, then head over to patreon.com slash tabitabipod and for the amount of 2 or $5, you can have early access to ad-free episodes, exclusive updates, and more. So join us and check the tier that fits your interest. In any case, without further ado, Settle in, my dear listeners, and let's begin. This first story was submitted by Danilo. Let's see. I've had a lot of experiences, and I maintain a record of them so I can recall everything. One of them happened while I was on vacation at Kalibuaklan. We were on our way to Little Bora, a pristine sand beach bordered by hills and forests. It's easy to get there by boat. However, because we came late, we took the path on the hills. My friend's uncle, a local, picked us up at the port and drove us through the forest that covered the hills. The road had been paved, but that was the extent of its development. There were still no lampposts or streetlights. There was nothing but a wavy path through a pitch-black woodland under a star-studded sky. It was both terrifying and wonderful. We had an excellent view of the sky because the jeep had no roof. 30 minutes later, we arrived at the end of the road. My friend's uncle informed me that the road was not yet completed, so we had to take a 30-minute hike down the forest to reach the shore and we only have our phones to guide us. For some reason, our guide left us, but because my friend already knew the way, everything was good. We traveled the dimly lit path down the hill. We had been walking for quite some time when we heard a faint rustling noise somewhere in the darkness. We were halfway through the hike when I noticed a shadow of a dog-like thing move through the trees. I was concerned that it was a wild dog and might attack us. As a result, I directed my light in its direction. It happened quickly though. I didn't get a good look at it. But I did hear a rustling opposite where it went, so I instantly aimed my light in the direction of the sound. Unfortunately, it got away fast, but I had a decent enough glance at it to figure out its details. It has a light brown and fur-covered body. The rear legs resembled those of a deer, but it lacked a tail. Its front legs were closer together as if it were sitting. But there is no parallel for its face. A rounded head with a snout. I noticed no ears or eyes, only long hollow lines from where the ear should be and twists from where the eye should be, 
all the way to the end of its nose. I was taken aback. My survival instincts kicked in, so I ordered my friends to speed up. And we descended rapidly, thankful that we were almost out of there. When we arrived at the shore, I told them what I saw, and everyone became terrified. Good thing my friend's relatives were already waiting for us. They cooked for us, and we had a terrific time. After dinner, I sketched what I saw and showed it to my buddy. He instructed me to show it to his aunt, which I did. She was taken aback at first, then smiled. She called the creature that I saw as a sigbin, and told us that people in the neighborhood only saw them on rare occasions, and informed us that they are forest spirits. This second story was submitted by Shura. Hi, I just want to share mine and my mom's experience when I was young. I was 7 years old at the time and my mother was pregnant with my sister. We are from the province. My grandmother had gone to Manila so it was only the two of us at the home at the time. It was a very difficult time for us. We didn't have electricity and relied on a gas lamp for light. This incident occurred on Christmas Eve. We got ready for bed after eating Noche Buena. Bed sheets, blankets, pillows, and a mosquito net were all placed down. Because we were in the province, there were many stories concerning aswang and ghosts. My mother placed aswang repelling items in our room as well as outside the house. She placed some stuff around our mosquito net and in the corner of the room. There were grapefruit thorns, salt, garlic, ferns, malt, iron pipes, and oil given by my grandmother's brother, which they believe boils when the aswang is approaching. My mother and I would regularly pray before going to bed. Following that, we frequently engage in small talk about life. Because it was Christmas, there were a lot of carolers in the vicinity. We can hear their footsteps on the gravel opposite our room, so we know they're approaching the house. I was the first to fall asleep, but I awoke in the middle of the night when the church bells indicated that it was midnight. We heard a wonderful voice singing in front of our house a few minutes later. When I looked at my mother, she told me to be quiet. We listened intently till the singer finished singing. Usually in the Philippines, if you don't give a caroler money, when they sing, they usually end their Christmas carols with Thank you, thank you, ang babarat ninyo, thank you. But we didn't hear anything like that. We also didn't hear any footsteps on the gravel, so we didn't know when this person approached our house. We reasoned that perhaps this person was on the road, which is why we didn't hear any footsteps. But what concerned us was that after singing, there was nothing but silence. The next day, my mother saw a newborn piglet with umbilical cord still attached to the piglet's tummy. It was still bloody, and it was evident that it was a newborn. Because we remembered that our relative Ate Padak had newborn pigs, my mother brought the piglet to them. What follows is the conversation my mother had with Ate Padak. Doc, did you have any missing piglets? No, Ate, why? I saw this piglet in my front door. I even bathed it because it was all bloody. Look, the umbilical cord is still attached. 
Oh no, Ate, may bisan aswang. How did that get to you? I have no idea. When I woke up, it's in front of the house. Maybe try to keep this in your care in case the mother came looking for it. Hmm? Alright, Ate. After two days, Ate Padak came over to our house to express her concern. The piglet my mom gave her is missing, and three of her piglets have died. She was adamant that the piglet my mother discovered was an aswang. I saw the fear in my mother's face when Ate Padak said that. Also, when my mother awoke after the incident with the mysterious caroler, the oil that my grandmother's brother had given us was hot and nearly half full. We didn't use it for anything, so why is it almost half full when it should be full? There was this one time when I met my mother's friend who was a midwife or probably a manghihilot as well. Shura, how's your mother? She's doing okay po. She's cooking food right now and I'm buying oil. Didn't your mother's stomach hurt during the holidays? I don't recall po, but the morning of the 25th, we found a bloody piglet with its umbilical cord still attached in front of the house. What? Where is it? Did you kill it? Um, we don't know po. Why? That piglet was an aswang shura. You see, on Christmas Eve, I was waiting for your kuya to arrive because he went out to drink with his friends. I went out and saw a sigben in front of your house. It only went away when your kuya arrived who was quite loud because he was drunk. I was really scared at that time. Make sure to put something to ward off these creatures, okay? I think that the one who sang that night was the sigben. It was waiting for my mother to come out because it knew that there were only two of us at the house at the time. What if we went out? What would have happened? And I wonder, what would have happened if we took care of that piglet we found? This third story was submitted by Gabriel. We spent our summers every year at my grandmother's house in Baguio. This story was told to us by our elderly neighbor who lived two houses down from us. She's roughly 80 years of age, a former nurse, and a widow, with two children who rarely visit her. We call her Nanay Sima. I'm not sure what her real name is. She grew up in Malaysia but met the love of her life while studying nursing in the Philippines. As a result, she decided to relocate here. She adores children, so my cousins and I, along with our two adolescent uncles, would spend our afternoons listening to her stories, which she has a plethora of from her time as a nurse. Her stories are like what you'd find in a typical hospital horror story. However, as children, it would keep us awake late at night and push us to use the restroom with a buddy system. So here is her best story. In the same area where we live, there is a four-story white building that everyone knows as an abandoned dormitory home. Nanay Sima told us that it had already been repaired twice, but was abandoned for the third time after tenants left for unclear reasons, leaving the landlord drowning in debt. She told us that when she was still a recent graduate, a rumor circulated that two college students living in the dormitory had committed suicide after becoming dissatisfied with their academic performance. They were discovered three days after their suicide when other tenants noticed a bad odor emanating from their apartment. Here's the terrifying part. 
She said that the reason why every night all the dogs in the village howl as if they were a pack of wolves was because of the story behind the dormitory. They not only poisoned themselves, but they also attempted to poison their dog. But it didn't work on the dog. So their dog was trapped inside their locked unit with their decomposing bodies for three days. When the dog was left alone and starving, it began to eat the bodies of its owners. For three days, the dog ate them, and every midnight, it let out a lengthy howl, as if in sorrow. Some claimed it was only a story, but the landlord claimed that when they saw the remains, they were shredded and ripped in places. The dog grew feral and was the reason that one onlooker almost got bitten after he went to investigate the remains. They had to shut the unit again and summon the police, who eventually had to have the dog put down. Since then, dogs in the village have been barking and howling at midnight. Nanay Sima believed that the dogs were not doing it to recall or mourn the dog that had gone feral but rather to warn something and mark their owners as safe from the spirits of a lonely, hungry beast. She claimed that when she was younger, these were merely stories, but after purchasing a home in this village, she discovered the terrible truth and the cover-up of what truly happened. The landlord stated that the two students were in a relationship and did not fail classes as the rumor suggests. Rather, they committed suicide because their parents discovered their relationship and could not accept that they were gay. She also mentioned that one of the pupils was the son of a well-known politician in the province, which explained why the cover-up was necessary. And this last story was submitted by Cedric. I've had a lot of strange things happen to me since I was a kid. I'd like to think I have a half-open third eye if such a thing or term exists, because I can see, but I can hear, smell, and feel intensely. The story I'm about to tell is a typical white lady ghost story, but it's one that I'll never forget. It happened years ago while I was still working at a computer rental shop near my house, which has been closed since. It was a stay-at-home job, which meant I essentially lived in the shop. And I could play whenever and as much as I wanted because free computer and internet access are some of its perks. A late millennial high schooler's fantasy life. However, I've heard numerous legends circulating throughout the barangay that the building where the business was located is haunted by a white lady. I didn't care as it was a small price to pay to get paid and play for free. Anyway... One night, I was grinding my levels in a certain MMORPG while the shop was already closed. I've turned off the lights as I didn't want to wake up my coworker who was sleeping on the other aisle. It was already 3am and I needed to sleep because I must go to work at 7am. So I turned off the computer. You know those few seconds of complete darkness when the brightest source of light in a dark place abruptly turns off? leaving your eyes unable to adjust quickly enough? As the last light from the LCD monitor went out, my eyesight went completely black. Or so I thought. Because lo and behold, the legendary white lady was standing on the table right in front of me. A white robe and long black hair floating above me. In horror, I sank back in my computer chair, skidding a few feet back till the backrest met the parallel wall. 
and just as swiftly as she emerged, she vanished in the blink of an eye. Throughout my time working there, I haven't used that computer unit, and I wouldn't dare to sit there ever again. And that is it for today's Spooky Saturday. I do hope you enjoyed listening to the stories. If you have your own spooky or paranormal encounters that you would like to share, please email us at officialtabitabipod at gmail.com and we might just read your story in the next episode. Special thanks to A.N. Valentine for compiling and editing the stories. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Or you can always head over to patreon.com slash tabitabipod, and for as little as 2 or $5, you can gain early access to ad-free episodes and listen to Patreon-exclusive content. Or you can always give us a tip at ko-fi.com slash tabitabipod. Thanks for listening to Tabitabi Podcast with me, Ethan. Join me next time when I share more spooky stories. Bye!